0: Hello, my name is Declan Dineen, welcome to Checkpoints. This is a show about video games, the people who play them and the people who make them. Each episode a guest on the show talks about the games that have shaped their life in one way or another games that have inspired them games that have forged connections and games that have soothed wounds my guests on today's episodes are Phil Duncan and Ollie Devine, aka Ghost Town Games uh, best known for their incredible local multiplayer game uh, Overcooked which is recently uh, one of the uh, IGF finalists uh, this year it's an amazing game and they're a lovely a lovely bunch of lads um, it, it's always quite fun doing the kind of multiple guest episodes um just to get people bouncing ideas back and forth across each other. You know, I'm always hoping for, for some surprises along the way. Um, it's been a really good couple of weeks for the show. Thanks everybody for for listening and downloading. Um, had Ken Levine on a few weeks ago and Patrick Klepik was on last week and uh, they're both uh, very popular episodes. And uh, oddly, not oddly, but surprising to me, I suppose, was the effect that um, getting into the overcast, most recommended uh, section would be, you know, that, that I, I noticed the real um upswing on on people listening to the show and continuing to listen like the, the the you know they 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 stay uh they peak and they continue to peak so that's that's a wonderful thing so with that in mind i'm really genuinely putting out a, a heartfelt message to rate and review the show on itunes just that kind of c- kind of a, a passive awareness that you know being featured on on itunes creates uh it really does feed back into into listeners and i want to and people who do listen to the show, you know, they tend to stick around and they dig back into the archives. So I'm always keen to to reach new people. So rate and review the show on iTunes. That'd be great. And you know, if you like, you can do all the social media stuff too. Um, but you know, this isn't a list of demands. You're here to to enjoy a wonderful chat between wonderful, interesting video game people, which will uh, which will be coming up shortly. Although you know, if you have a bunch of of you know spare money lying around, and who doesn't nowadays. Uh, there's a there's a patreon which is patreon.com forward slash checkpoints um all donations if you have the money and the inclination very gratefully received and just go back into making the show as as good as it possibly can be um i I, i'd mentioned i can't remember if it was last week before how this kind of intro stuff became quite rote um and i'm just reeling off the same things so uh why break habit of a lifetime if you'd like to get in touch with the show you can email it's checkpointspodcast at gmail.com or it's at checkpoints show on twitter or it's checkpoints podcast on facebook it's very important to have consistent branding okay i will be back next week with a new episode and a new guest but for now let's get on with the show
1: pressed to the laptop, just so that they can be ah. heard. Or, oh,
0: just dreadful. Yeah, even short distances. You both actually saying fine. Um, just to sort of for the differentiation purposes. Actually, no. Let's do let's do a formal introduction, and then that'll solve that whole thing. So, Phil and Ollie, welcome to Checkpoints. Thanks so much for for coming on. If you don't mind, would you both introduce yourselves? All right then.
1: Uh, I, I am Phil Duncan. I am the. Uh, designer and artist on overcooked you to ghost know you games. <laughs> i know I, I always feel like a bit of a charlatan oh I am. you are both this? those things yes i am the <laughs> uh, and i'm ollie devine i am the coder
0: and i guess sound designer but really just go <laughs> it's a small operation <laughs> and so ghost tango games is is just you two guys right yes that's right yeah yep. how exciting congratulations on your uh, your igf nomination by the way Thank you very, very much. Like, yeah, it was, we
1: were... that was a yeah, it was a bit of a shock. Yeah, kind of kind of amazing. Um, it's really cool.
0: When when is that? Uh,
1: it's two weeks. It? Yeah, start of start of March is it? The very uh, end of February. Yeah, so, yeah. So twenty you know, fifth is because we're going we're going to San Francisco to go and do the awards. Uh, I think it's twenty eighth of February or something like that. Yeah, but sometime around then thirtieth maybe.
0: Do you have to? Is it like uh, like like a BAFTA equivalent? Is it very much like a black tie event, or because it's video games, I is it just know. your coolest T shirt? I think they always try to I'm, get devs to dress up. I'm going to dress up. I know
1: I know all oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Normally you get sort of a mix of these things where like people are wearing like a tuxedo jacket and then some kind of grotty 1980s video game shirt of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I need to, yeah, it needs to be classed up. I think it's important to dress up for these things. You've got to try and make it. Maybe, because there's absolutely no believe. other time in, in your life as a developer where you wear a shirt. So, or do yeah, <laughs> <yeah, any>? at, <laughs> at, at
0: least, least not shirt, like a tuxedo is... t-shirt which is probably good.
1: <laughs> yeah i, I expect that's to see at least two of those <laughs>
0: that's crossing a line that's crossing a line so how how are things for you both what are you uh what are you both up to now like are you just kind of prepping for that i guess
1: uh we've got some bits of prep to do for that we're doing lots of bits and pieces still to do with overcooked to be honest. Yeah. we've still got lots of new content that's coming out that we're we're furiously working our way at yeah, but, yeah. on secret things um, yeah, but um, yeah, and then and then whatever we're looking at for, for potential future games as well,
0: a little bit. Yeah. That's interesting because like, uh, like I've, I've spoken to devs before and I've asked them kind of, one of the things I was curious about in the start is, you know, if you're thinking about making a game, if you're a small studio, like at what point, like, you know, you'll probably try a bunch of different ideas, but it's kind of at what point do you kind of stop and say, actually, no, this is the idea that we're going to do. Like, you know, however... Do you spend like a month on it, or two months on it, or or anything like that before you say, right, no, this isn't working. Let's try something different.
1: It's it's a real tricky thing, actually. I think yeah. the the sort of whole prototype stage. It's it's I, I've spent quite a few devs recently, and and that process of just whether or not uh, you feel like you've put enough work into a prototype yet to justify it, or yeah. whether it's just like a dead end. It, it's a really it, it, and there's no de- definite answer really there's just you yeah. just sort of have to take a, a judgment call really it's one of those difficult things because I, i'm kind of a believer of if you haven't put it in front of players you don't yet know whether it's any good <laughs> so you kind of yeah. have to get to this point where you've got the loop and then you put it in front of some players and then you discover whether or not you've just wasted the list <laughs>
0: yeah, <few laughs> months. yeah but that's uh, great though because that could take that could take quite a long time to get to that level you know
1: yeah, yeah, we, we're happy, yeah, we're trying to get to sort of something rough and ready. Yeah. And, then, and obviously, like having worked at um, at larger studios before, you sometimes get to that point and there's just no turning back. It's just that well. Oh yeah, like, I mean, yeah. larger studios never have the luxury quite often of any kind of process to develop an idea. Like it's just like we're doing this now. <laughs> get ready, have two hundred people. Yeah.
0: Oh, that must be heartbreaking, though. Imagine like kind of knowing in your heart that oh, this isn't really going to work out, but oh well, <laughs> here's the next year <laughs> of my life. I would I would I can not comment on what that feels like. <laughs> I choose not to comment. <laughs> but like at, at this stage though, with, for the two of you, like, you know, you've just released this game, it's really good, everybody likes it, um, it's it's Thank super fun. Much. Like how do you I suppose balance your time between you know continuing to support that and then also work on new projects? Is it kind of a gradual kind of shift in how long you spend on each yeah. thing on a day? Yeah, it's it's definitely a
1: gradual transition i mean at, at the moment um you know we're, we're overcooked has as as people seem to be really enjoying it and i yeah. think that for that reason that we're, we're sort of stuck with it longer than we'd anticipated yeah because you never know when you release a game it might just completely disappear and nobody yeah. plays it or enjoys it um but for the time being it's just like well you know there's there's lots of content that we would have liked to have included in the original game and that now we actually have a, a chance to add it. it. Yeah, I think a lot of it's informed by the community. So we have a lot of people um, contacting us about, oh, you know, we'd really like some more content for this, and like, oh, I've just played the last DLC pack, and I'll play it, where's the next one? And as long as that continues, it does feel a little bit like, oh, well, we've, we've got this, yeah. this, this pressure to do that. So it's a difficult balance between, because obviously Touch temptation for us is just to be like, yeah, let's just do those new things. That'll be really fun. But we do want to, like, you know, support the community we've got. So
0: it's trying to keep those two things in balance have um, you ever had anything like from someone in the community like suggest something or so maybe have you ever thought of doing a level like this or introducing a mechanic like this that you've been like oh my god what didn't i think about that's brilliant that happens a lot at convention i think when yeah we, when we get players players actually sitting down with the game and
1: then they come up with um it's certainly either. been one or two i mean obviously like there's there's a lot of times people will come up and suggest things and we'll be like yeah we would really love to do that but <laughs> you know, the amount of time it will take, or there's various reasons why we can't. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely been suggestions. For I'm trying to think of anything specifically, but there's nothing really off the top of my head. It's it's more just that that sort of that feedback you get from watching some Play it. The... I remember conveyor belts came up a lot at a convention before we had conveyor belts in the game. I don't yeah. know whether or not the idea came from the community or whether it came from us and we just constantly. I think we had it, but it was it. it was reassuring to know that like <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all constantly good. saying this is a good thing. This would be great. And like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Let's see if we can get it's exciting. And, yeah, it always takes a while. For me. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's it's so I'm quite lucky with that. <laughs>
0: Well, we're gonna we'll we'll come back to that, but let's uh, for the moment let's let's regress. So um, I start start with Ollie. why not? Uh, and Ollie, if you can remember, what was your very first experience of a video game?
1: Okay, yeah. So I've been thinking about this. Um, the it was a game on the BBC microcomputer, which I think I played when I was about three years old. Uh, that had something to do with counting ladybird spots. I remember that as being my first ever game I ever played. So I played games for a really young age.
0: Yeah. Was that at uh, home or was that in school? Or I don't know it would have been at home. That I was at home. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was really really young, and I, I remember I had this vague memory of that. And my dad had like a Commodore sixty four as well. Also, I played games like uh, the Dizzy Games and New Zealand Story <laughs> and a few of those. Uh, bubble bubble. Uh, games being my first experience with games, I
0: think. And was the, was it kind of a, a family thing? So, like you said, it was your dad's computer. So, did everybody play games, or was that just something you dug out of the computer? Yeah, I,
1: it was. Well, my, my dad actually played a lot of games. I think
0: when I was bef-
1: before he had me, <laughs> and then I sort of took that time away from him. <laughs> yeah, it's the classic um, So, it's, yeah, they started to becoming becoming my consoles and not his consoles. Uh, I remember he was also the one who introduced me to programming originally. Um, he wasn't uh, a programmer by trade himself, but I remember, distinctly remember programming how to draw a brick wall with him when I must have been like four or something uh, on a Commodore 64. And that's my first like experience of programming. Because obviously the Commodore 64, you could program it as well as play the games. Yeah, uh, It was a really strange setup where it just starts you in like a terminal interface. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, so I remember that kind of mix of you have these the,
0: the, the, the tapes and playing those with him and also like, yeah, programming. That's really forward thinking of him to be like, right, I'm going to teach my son programming yes. because this is clearly the future.
1: It's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was, I was like, yeah, programming when I was in five, making little text adventures. <laughs> That's
0: amazing. That is amazing. How about you, Phil? What was your first experience of a, of a video game? My first experience, um, we had a ZX Spectrum. And I remember
1: playing, or I remember getting, I think it was Christmas. It must have been Christmas because I have, I have um, three brothers. Um This was before the youngest was born. So there was, there was three of us. And we each got a, a, a Spectrum game and it came in a little case. And I remember thinking, oh, this is great. I've, I've got a book for Christmas. <laughs> and then obviously because they used to come in the little sort of book-shaped things and opening up and be like, it's not a book, it's a tape. And then my parents haven't explain to me no this is this is a game this is a, this is something that you can play it was a game called um snapple hopper which is sort of similar <laughs> to what, what what ollie was describing it is some sort of uh educational game that i think involved pairing up different items i did i did look it up just recently just to see uh, if it was as great as i remember it being <laughs> 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 and it's, it's certainly uh yeah it's aged
0: yeah yeah
1: um but yeah we had a similar sort of setup in that uh any games that I sort of experienced at that age was with my brothers, you know, and it would be, you know, taking it in turns to have a go on, on various games.
0: Uh yeah, that's that's sort of my,
1: my earliest. And were basically. you
0: like I'm I'm assuming you didn't know each other like from a young age. Like are you both in similar sort of areas of the country though?
1: Yeah, so uh, well we weren't then we, we met when we both worked together uh at Frontier Developments, which is based in Cambridge in the UK. But just when um, you were
0: kids, like where, where were you experiencing this sort of spectrum yeah, well, games? Where were you brought up, essentially? That
1: for me, so I sort of moved around a lot. But that for me was when I was living in down south. That was in Newbury in Berkshire. Okay. So I lived there like pre-primary school. And what were you? And got, then like, moved up you, north after Down safe. Oh, um, I'm from Telford. Uh, I've always lived there. A little little village called Colbrookdale in Telford, um, famous for the
0: first ever iron bridge. That was the. <laughs> the, the their claim to the fame i played a gig there once players. in uh telford's, Wa- is oh, really? it telford's warehouse is that is that do they do gigs there
1: telford warehouse
0: maybe okay. i'm imagining it. is that near chester uh it's
1: ish i mean it's it's not in Chestershire. it's in shropshire it's, okay it's maybe i didn't
0: far away. maybe i didn't play a gig <laughs> I played the gig somewhere called telford's warehouse uh, and i okay. was excited because it was near chester and that was where holly oaks was set so that was very exciting all right, okay. <laughs> None of the cast are there unfortunately. Um <laughs> it's filmed in like Liverpool or something, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's like a fictional <laughs> place, but Chester's just outside of Liverpool, I'm sure. This is a wild aggression. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> this sorry. is when the Skype just cuts no, off I, now and I, I, that's I mean, it that's from, all I got. From what ollie's told me
1: there's, there's not a lot of fun things happening at Tell, so I can't imagine with be gigs. They did. They have like a little <laughs> weird venue where there's no like stage the stage entrance is through the crowd and like yeah it's tiny tiny little places it's quite yeah it's quite middle of the well edge of nowhere kind of
0: place i think is the... well that's the perfect place to foster a love of video games because yes you, know, yeah. you God, can explore endless worlds from the comfort of your bedroom
1: yeah <laughs> that is true that is one of the
0: people of video games is the the escapism aspect of it so like for you then um, Amalie, was that like from this sort of very early experience of games was that like a constant thing through your life like were you very much kind of seeking them out as you grew up
1: yes no yeah i I played a lot of video games as a kid um and also um like uh drawing like level ideas for things and yeah i was i was very into sonic the hedgehog um sonic hedgehog games was a big thing growing up um my memory of when my little brother was born was me playing sonic 2, I think. I think I was playing the first boss of Sonic 2 when I got the news my little brother was born. <laughs> and I kind of think so. all the major events in my life were all linked with what game I was playing at the time, I think. That is perfect. That, so, is,
0: so... that is the whole setup <laughs> yeah. of the show. Um, yeah. Did you pause even for that That, that <laughs> grand news?
1: Well, I was five years old, so I didn't care at all. It right, was okay, just not important. Nice. <laughs> much <laughs> more important than I defeated Dr. Robotnik.
0: And <laughs> did you, important. like, did you start kind of seeking out, a, like, a, a wider community, like, both in in terms of, like, you know, friends at school, but also, like, you know, the magazines and things like that.
1: I remember reading,
0: um, yeah, quite a few of, like,
1: I remember the console-specific magazines. Oh, yeah. I remember getting it's the Nintendo Wars in the magazines. Yeah. I remember, I remember you used to get Sonic the Comic Magazine as well, when it used to run. Um, and, um, yeah, the, do you remember the discs, like, the demo discs for oh, PlayStation? Course, yeah. The, 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 like, weird games on them, like, really small. Uh, those were really cool, I really like them I can't remember much about them I remember playing a demo for Future Cop LAPD on a disc that came in the magazine at one point uh, so yeah, a lot of that, I remember getting
0: those There was some really, like, a lot of that early sort of PlayStation cover disc stuff, it was a really I think, neat way of introducing a lot of, there was, I think there was a lot of weird games that did really well purely because they were on cover discs at the time, yeah, that people it was, wouldn't necessarily have sought out, you know Yeah, definitely.
1: It's a weird era because, I mean, at the time there wasn't really much sort of PlayStation era time. There wasn't a lot of indie development as such, but those discs were really small. Could be often really small games. Yeah, like you still had like a really versatile range of games on that like yeah. disc that that sort of disappeared. I think as sort of at the introduction of early Xbox and sort of PlayStation. 3, yeah, I never and saw... never saw a resurgence in indie gaming. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that was like that was like a, an interesting because I don't think I don't know whether. Those, games ever got released in any form other than on those discs sometimes yeah. uh, which is a really weird system thinking about it
0: but it's interesting though like i, I was talking to who was i talking to about this um uh, reagan and May, you know they're from metanet they made like the the end games um and we right, were talking yeah, yeah. about this sort of period as well and it kind of occurred to us that very early kind of playstation games even stuff like wipeout you know if if, if somebody were to make that now that that would essentially be considered an indie game you know with the same kind of flat oh, yeah. polygonal yeah. kind of design and stuff i mean even even overcooked overcooked is is like from a kind of polished game uh, kind of level that that would be like a, a disc release on a playstation 1 like no question mm,
1: mm. yeah I, mean, I think it's you know you could see it falling into that i remember playing games like um you know bomberman games and anaconda over Smash Court Tennis, oh, and this yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember when the tennis ball exploded? I can not remember what that was, what it was on PlayStation. It was like a thing, it was like a Time Attack game, and then you had to not have the tennis ball in your court. Before. Sorry, sounds That yeah. sounds
0: amazing. I mean, from your your <laughs> descriptions of your your video gaming you so you you both do seem to fall on opposite sides of the the nineties console wars. Am I am I picturing <laughs> that right? Are you more Nintendo fan, um, and you're more Sega, Ollie? Oh yeah, well, I was definitely no, Sega. I was more Sega as well. Oh, okay in saying that i
1: had i had sort of friends that had nintendo and i used to draw a lot of sonic i, I used to love the the back of the the old sega magazines you used to get where people would send in really violent pictures of like <laughs> sonic doing unspeakable things to mario and that was i just loved the idea of someone getting so sort of <laughs> head up yeah that they would put pen to paper situation. and they would send Concept it to a magazine was... and be like we're gonna
0: <laughs> i i was one of those people i i, I, I drew business. those pictures yeah. <laughs> I sent at least three wow. different they, oh, Mario versus Sonic photos into meme machines, I think. None of them got printed. Oh, it's maybe. probably more to do with the quality <laughs> than the, the kind of disturbing content. No, I would love to find them, though. Like, that would be <laughs> yeah. amazing. I think Sonic was just a really fun... Like, weirdly, I've got loads of old, like, school textbooks I just dug like, out in my mum's attic. And they're covered in in drawings of Sonic. I think it was just a really yeah. fun thing to draw... Like, all the hints yeah, yeah, of yeah. his eyes and stuff, it was just
1: exciting. He's a satisfying shape. He's more satisfying yeah. than Mario is essentially just a person. So yeah, like absolutely. Kind of uh, I'm, I'm, definitely, definitely. I'm yeah. definitely a Sonic rather than a Mario person. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'd probably say just to say, but like looking back, I do think Mario is a much better game. <laughs> I just didn't have access to the console <laughs> at the time. We just, yeah, we had a Mega Drive. And, It's a
0: debate. debate. (laughs) How about you, Phil? Like, how did you like? What was your kind of relationship growing up with games? Like, were you kind of seeking them out, or was it still just you and your brothers kind of together? Um,
1: definitely seeking them out. I mean, we, you know, a lot of. I, I remember, you know, getting tapes and things from Woolworths and just trying out any new little games that we could get in any bargain bins. Um. And, yeah, just buying up every single, like, Mega Drive game we could get our hands on, really. I, I definitely, like, my, my fondest memories from that are definitely the games that I would play with my brothers together. So we'd play, you know, Streets of Rage or Golden Axe and even even Sonic 2 to a lesser extent because, obviously, <laughs> playing as Tails is not really... <laughs> oh, yeah, so
0: it doesn't quite work. <laughs> such crap. a lie. Although it was <laughs> the best thing about the two-player Sonic 2 was the, the bonus levels. Like, those are really good. Like they they felt yeah, like yeah. proper two player. The other ones, it was just it was it was yeah. Sonic and the other one. If they could catch up, basically.
1: Yeah, that it was, was really it. strange that design because I was playing it through again recently because I play this game way too much. And it's weird that Tails like drops out towards the end. Like got you've, got, you've got a had. two player game. A game that is essentially selling itself on being a two player game, and then at the sky chase level, he suddenly becomes an uncontrollable character, and then he's gone. <laughs> That's a really weird- we oh, have design choice. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I, I remember the frustration at the fact that if Sonic wasn't on the ground, then Tails couldn't land either. So one oh, yeah. player controlled the other by just sort of jumping, oh, and stopping them. From oh landing. yeah, no, I remember my that. Doing that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's Tails was really useful, like one boss, which yeah. was really hard, like on the end of the Metropolis zone, because Tails can't die, so he can like take any yes. orbs around him, and then you can use Sonic yeah, to, yeah. to do the final hit. Um, but yeah, Most I the remember time,
0: it. It was to... like a, a kind of a schoolyard's feats was to play with both characters simultaneously for, for, for exactly yeah. that reason just to be yeah. essentially cannon fodder with the one yeah. controller and then actually control the game of the other
1: yeah yeah just, Tails is horrendously annoying playing single player because he just gets you injured all the time oh yes yeah so just attacks an enemy just before you do and then you, and then you through. go through yeah yeah because <laughs> so they get rid of the, the collision <laughs> yeah.
0: man Sorry. we're really bashing on tails and no why? tails
1: Poor tails he never gets his chance to shine <laughs>
0: um, um Phil you, you didn't mention you Ollie uh, was saying that he got into programming like super young like when did that sort of come along for you
1: uh so i've been drawing since like as early as i can remember really but be- uh, um me and my uh one of my older brothers uh just yeah used to just draw constantly and it probably started with things like drawing sonic to be honest um, but just right the way through, you know, primary school and high school, that was just like my, my most intense hobby would be drawing. And a lot of the time it was, you know, drawing characters from games or coming up with new characters for new games or drawing maps. And, and I guess that sort of evolved later on into doing things in 3D and building Quake levels and the like. Um,
0: yeah, I'm sorry, I mentioned coding, but you're, you're not the coder, obviously. But, um so-
1: yeah, no, I've done no coding up to that point. In fact, <laughs> I, 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 I tried think... to. I do too,
0: but somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the, the, the kind of the the broader point I was I was thinking of was, like, at what point did you kind of think, "Oh, this is I could I could make games. That's a thing that I could do."
1: Um, I think I don't know really. When that wasn't a really decision so much as like when I was looking for work, it was more that, that that's absolutely what I want. To do, I don't remember there being a point where I was like, You definitely drew levels. You're telling me about drawing levels, yeah. I made levels. I'm trying to think if there was a transitionary point where was like, This is what I want to do. This is like this a, a job I to know. do, yeah. I, I guess like when I realized I could do it, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. It's like, Oh, this is actually a job, you can actually do this. this it did take a while. And, I don't know, inaccessible thing. It's yeah, like because of the age we both were, I yeah. guess, it wasn't immediately obvious. It's not like you went to school and people said, Oh, yeah. yeah when you grow up you could design and make games it didn't feel like a real career no it was like well you um, can we can teach you how to do mail merge if you think that'll help yeah it was just these like <laughs> lessons at school consisting entirely of how to use word and excel yeah and there was no real acknowledgement that these things were skills like programming anyway was a skill that you yeah. would need i didn't think um, it was until i was at like sort of just before university and sort of ba- making like flash games and things it was like oh okay this is this is how games are made. This is how you do it. It's the yeah. real thing. What sort <laughs> and of and the flash games yeah. were you making? Oh, just little sort of like Pac-Man clones and things. It was it was all just following tutorials and sort of picking it up. It was anything basically for me. It was just anything where I could add lots of graphics to it. Hmm. That was that was my starting point.
0: What about something like Quake? That you mentioned like editing Quake levels and stuff. Like, would that be? from an artistic sort of standpoint? I mean, you wouldn't necessarily be thinking that at the time, but would you do like makeovers or would you just try and make interesting design levels, I suppose? It was a bit of a both, really. I'd, I'd always try to have just little narrative things. I do
1: remember like really, primitively building like a banquet table Using the Quake engine and building really crude like goblets and plates and mm-hmm. stuff, and just sort of building it out. So it wasn't just all, you know, it wasn't just complete level design. There was definitely aspects of, of art involved
0: then. And what what sort of yeah. games from around that period do you think really would have kind of inspired you? I suppose like be be you know obviously this the, a constant source of inspiration because that's the, the things yeah. that you're exposed to. But like, was there a specific game or or? experience that made you think oh man this there's something about the art here like I want to do something like this or I want to work in this field
1: Yeah, I, th- I think from a de- design point of view it was probably the sort of Dreamcast era where I really started to take note of the design of games like yeah. that was something that really changed for me because there was so many uh, new ideas and original concepts coming through I remember like playing Power Stone and uh, Crazy Taxi, and Jet Set Radio, and these were just just games that just seemed to be doing some things that were completely different from the very... up to that point, which felt like there was a lot of rinse-repeat going on. It yeah. suddenly felt like, okay, it's a sort of new spins, and new mechanics, and new and exciting yeah. ways of playing games. I, I miss think. the Dreamcast. <laughs> oh, it's Dreamcast. so good. Yeah, uh, it had some really yeah. good stuff on it. It <laughs> a real shame. Weirdly, so, this yeah, came yeah, up again,
0: remember. and I can't remember who I was speaking to it about it, but they were telling me that one of the reasons... Why there was this kind of amazing proliferation of, like, just such a broadening of the scope of, you know, what a game is around the Dreamcast was because Sega were basically, like, uh, reeling off the the failure of the Saturn. They were like, right, all of our development teams, you can just do whatever you want. Like, there's no constraints, just, or just complete, you know, artistic freedom. And that's why you just suddenly got all these amazing wacky games which sadly subsequently killed the system but seemingly yeah, yeah <laughs> it's like a double edged sword isn't it? It, it, was the, it i played the playstation it wasn't the dreamcast as well. it was the timing yeah.
1: i think they, they came yeah. out with the dreamcast and then they had like a, a higher yeah, spec console came dream. a year later and people weren't going to buy it then um so there's yeah, sure there's so so many so many, so many so many great games echo the dolphin i love the echo the dolphin, dolphin Dreamcast game. game it was like it a real feeling it. of being a dolphin <laughs> Oh, it's <laughs> which it's really strange. so good yeah. and and i think it's just quite simple the little mechanics really but just because they were so unique that that what, what made it really stand out to me and that's mm. definitely something that i feel myself now with the work that we do is is just trying to think of the sort of the unique spin or yeah. something that's it's
0: that's, that's not just you know
1: taking a game and reskinning it and yeah to try and think of a new angle. You yeah. can
0: definitely yeah. feel the kind of Choo Choo Rocket, especially, is something I always kind of think of with Overcooked because it is not because the game is necessarily that similar, but it has that same kind of level of it's relatively simple to play. It's very simple sort of mechanics, but it it can escalate and get out of control so quickly. And just one wrong button here <laughs> yeah. or there, and suddenly the whole thing is chaos and it becomes a panic. And it's just that kind of feeling is is so exciting. It's so rare. In yeah, games. I think-
1: it's, it's that same sort of very very simple input but can lead to really sort
0: of intricate problems absolutely yeah. how so, about so. you ollie like wh- when did you sort of start thinking about games as something that you could kind of pursue as a career and like were there any specific games that really inspired you
1: i remember um yeah it's, it's weird because i was making games in my own time a lot uh but never no, never the intention to release them exactly from, from, from sort of continuously um i remember uh games that sort of inspired me to make games with it was a game called subculture by criterion uh that was on pc like i can't remember when it came out a long time ago um but it was um you're playing this, this tiny little submarine in these like rock pools and you had to like collect like two pence pieces that were like bigger than your ship and take them to refineries and things and that really inspired me to make um i was making a lot of uh sort of rpg like spaceship type game things i think a lot of coders gravitate towards rpg spaceship games they're just very <laughs> to program um and so i was doing a lot of that and i never really thought of it as a career until i actually met a Lionhead head recruiter at like a freshers fair at the, at the university uh here in cambridge uh, and they were like oh no we totally because i was a mathematician at the time and i thought oh i've, I've taken the wrong degree it's going to be i'm never going to be able to be a, a proper programmer and do the proper thing and they were like no no we, t- we take a math- mathematicians all the time and then i was just like right and i just i dropped the master's <laughs> <laughs> so i'd done the degree and i was on the master's course and i dropped it in two days um and i just sort of sent cvs everywhere i was like right i want to make games no i can do this now i didn't realize i could uh, and hmm. ended up working at, at frontier because uh, of a game called uh lost Ones that they made i was really in, I, I was really interested in it because it's like a, this sort of small quite creative game they released on the the wii download store the nintendo yeah, wii. yeah.
0: that was uh, great was
1: game. Phil, phil actually worked on that so, um, so oh, i worked on the sequel yeah yeah um and I uh, I joined kind of Frontier because of that, and I was just like, right, cool, let's let's make some some, hmm. some games. Uh, and then having joined, I, I learned a lot more about the actual because there's a real difference between learning how to make games in your own time and then yeah. learning within a studio, the the processes of doing it, and that was really interesting. And then you know, when we to do our own thing, and I'm I'm, just, I'm
0: curious about the I'm always interested in like the the university experience because it is like. In, in most people's lives is a kind of a chance to kind of uh, reinvent yourself, right? You take a new persona to, to university. It's like, this is who I'm going to be now. <laughs> so for, for, for both of you, like, was it, did you sort of take all your games with you and kind of seek out other people to play games? Or were you like, actually, no, I'm going to try and be try and be cool now and not take my games with me? No, I was not at all cool at university. Were you cool at university? <laughs> oh, God, no. I was, I was <laughs> a
1: mathematician. I remember taking games so yeah games to I, I, I definitely remember playing lots of games with lots of people at university that was that was a, a running theme um i remember my third year at university my brother actually lived in sheffield because I, I studied uh, product design in at sheffield hallam um he was working at sumo at the time and he was around the corner from us and i'd go and, and hang out with some of the devs from that and we we'd all play games together so, so I your know.
0: brother got into games before you did
1: yeah yeah oh how yeah. exciting yeah, so he's he he worked uh, for Climax originally up in in Nottingham when I was just uh, just starting university, and then um, yeah, obviously he worked really close when when I was when I was in third year, so that was that was really exciting because again it was like getting a an insight into this world and being like oh, okay this is a, this is a possibility. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I think for a lot of people it is a it is absolutely a sense. I'm mean, I'm sure not an A with the the internet and stuff, but certainly you know ten fifteen years ago it would have been. Like, if you didn't know somebody, then it would just seem impossible. Like, you know, you, you don't think, yeah, you don't yeah. know who developers are. They're, they're not, like, you don't look at them in the same way necessarily as you would, like, a director or a writer of a film or something. Um, yeah, I also think there's
1: there's, there's no real sort of base of who is involved in making a game. Absolutely. I think from an outside perspective, especially back then, it was just like, well, somebody's presumably creating the sprites. Yeah, and... I've given up describing what I do to people. I can never <laughs> explain what programming is to someone the programmer quite often. Yeah. I yeah. found the best explanation for when people ask like what games design is, I say when you think of a board game and you think of the instruction manual where it tells you how to play the game, mm-hmm. like the rules of the game, that's kind of games design. Yeah. Is is that's that's how I describe games design to people. Art is fairly obvious. It's just like, well you know what you're looking at. That's that's yeah. art. <laughs> it's it like the thing you're not looking at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's there. it's underneath everything. <laughs> visuals. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, 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 but yeah, I think the games industry moved on a, a huge way for now being open yeah. to people making their own Unity has been huge for like people. just, And now the, the new uh, Unreal deal that people have has made it a huge deal for people just making their own stuff and messing with things in yeah. their own time. That's, that's going to make a huge difference to the um, the diff, the proliferation of new ideas, I think, in the in, in yeah. industry. It's going to be really cool. Oh, for, It's, like, it's, it's like amazing.
0: But it's also terrifying yeah. that this is like a common thread on the show is that there's there's just so much now. Like I'm I'm worried oh, okay. that I'm missing like the best game I've never played. It's just I'm not even gonna know it exists.
1: You know? Oh, yeah, a constant worry, isn't it there? There's just something out there that isn't just getting isn't getting its voice heard and you just like oh, horrendous. Uh, that you, you might be obsessed with if you ever played it. Other I think other media um forms have a better process for finding things. I think it's still really hard to find games um like harder than it should be to like like find the good games amongst the sea of all of the games. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's we've got somewhere to go, but um, it's there's it's exciting. There is. So so it's, a, it's a problem. With <laughs> filtering. Yeah, it's it's filtering. And it's scary as someone who, who develops games as well, because you put your game out there and just hope that people hear about it a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. It, yeah. And just be lost. I know a lot of people make games and just kind of it's difficult to, to push through that, that noise
0: so did, did neither of you have like a period then when you were you kind of drifted away from games
1: i got busy at university i guess i didn't i, I never stopped playing them entirely but there, there was like times when yeah no there's the, I, I i i can picture periods where there was like big games that came out like i, I wasn't there originally when bioshock and like assassin's creed oh, the really? first one of those came out i it was actually when i hadn't played games for a all- while while before I played this, this is actually when I joined Frontier, I was a bit like, oh gosh, there's these triple A's I haven't actually had <laughs> wow. access to just because I had no money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in fairness, like, my understanding of what indie games are there fluctuates based on how new my PC is, Okay, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the stuff is quite often on PC and then you have to like have a PC that can run them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm now at the stage where I need to get a, new equipment now, because there's, there's new games coming out that are really shiny yeah. and pretty and I can't... I can't well, neither yeah. of our laptops can actually run overcooked very well at the moment <laughs> mine's slowly falling apart yeah. now <laughs> it does make a worrying noise yeah it's making it very loud i hope you can hear it on the microphone just the noise of my computer's
0: fan <laughs> it's just, just extreme well that's that's yet another thing to worry about for this this interview going forward another thing that could just shut down <laughs> yeah. the conversation could just um, set fire to our office at any point <laughs> so. um screaming rn that's what's happening <laughs> so, so both of you ended up, uh, you both ended up at Frontier, right? Is that where you, you first met?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It uh, well, Was it what, like two years in, I think? When, uh, oh, we were no. working on the same project. So when you, you'd project been worked? there for a while, but I was working on the same project as you when I joined, which was Connectables 1. So we uh, okay, both on right, that's when you joined. Yeah, so yeah. I'd, I'd been there, what, two years before you? Something like that, yeah. Um, yeah, so they, they just... I was trying to, trying to list them, really, because they, they do sound really strange, I always think, when you put them together, yeah, so we've done, like... Connect is like a petting simulator, essentially. Yeah. And then Disneyland game, which was... I don't even know what yeah. to describe it as. <laughs> it was like coaster design games, there's oh, Zootycoon... Yeah, the, the coaster game on the mobile, and then um, Zootycoon... Lost and Wins, obviously, I'd done before yeah, then. Lost Wins, there was the, uh, coaster, the, the park... Uh, yeah, there's the park game they're currently making, made, and then their the, the elite game, and all that. So it was a weird, weird set of stuff. But yeah. guys, and also. Uh, some weird little experimental bits in there that never got released so you always just found yourself from certainly from one year to the next working on something completely different to what you had been working on before yeah which is good training because you now you then are able to make games quickly and efficiently yeah and it just it gave you sort of experience in different types of games as well which i think is important especially for our indie stuff um whereas you know you could join another company and you could work for eight years on the same title of game. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. really are very if you're narrow. you're working for like one of the big AAA houses, you could spend all your time working on the cameras in something like GTA and just being a yeah. camera person. Or like the crowd in a FIFA game or yeah. something like yeah. that. do is like, yeah. It's, so it's, it was useful to have that kind of random collection of,
0: and of projects. It, it must have been weird though to be like, I mean, I'm not sure like where each of you were in terms of seniority, but I'm, I'm assuming they would have been at some point kind of here's what we're doing now, work on that. And, and not having necessarily any say in that, so to speak. You're just, okay, here's a new challenge, we'll work on this now.
1: Yeah, I, I, we experienced all ends of that, I think. Yeah. I, mean, I, I certainly yeah, joined as a graduate, and there was lots of just like, this is the project, this is your small part in it, and good luck, and we'll see if it's any good at the end of it. Um, you always had sort of contact with everyone on a project, so you were aware of what bits people were struggling with above you. But, and then conversely, yeah, as as you moved up the ranks, you sort of would put more in charge of things and yeah. you had a bit more of, of, of control over the direction of the game, I guess. It was depending, because yeah. we, did, we did some very small projects there and some mm. very large projects there. Yeah. Uh, so there's a very different kinds of development that we got to do. Um, yeah. And it's not just there, scale actually, as well. Yeah. You know, we had some that were like self-published and some that were, you know, published with, with, with Microsoft directly and yeah. with other publishers. Yeah. So we got to see that side of things as well, and obviously that changes how how you approach a, a game because when you're working directly with a publisher, they they're very much you know in in charge of the direction of the game in yeah. some ways.
0: Absolutely. And so was there a lot? I mean, I'm assuming there there almost certainly has to have been a lot of games kind of around the office and with your your colleagues and stuff.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, oh, playing I them or making well, playing playing them, playing yeah. them yeah
0: oh yeah so we always
1: used to meet up at lunch times and just play whatever sort of multiplayer games we get our hands on really. Yeah, i think Overcooked <laughs> genesis is really from that experience of being in a small room playing with four people we kind of made a game for us to play in that scenario yeah. um so we, we there are a whole load of games we were playing uh the, the big one being uh, wrecked uh which yeah, is yeah. Uh, so wrecked was what was it what was it called before then uh, uh mashed mashed was originally yeah so sort of a Mario. That the racing game yeah, yeah, like I, Micro Machines type thing. Like I
0: Super Sonic. What about kind of I, like um, like at home? Would you, would you still... I mean, that's kind of a natural thing. Everyone plays games. You're in the office, let off some steam and stuff. But like, yeah. would you still go home and play games? Or is it all a bit like, I'm a bit sick of games, to be honest? <laughs> it yeah.
1: changes yeah. your approach to games. Yeah, you certainly have a, a little less time. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd still play any of the major I mean, releases. Yeah. Really cool little I, indie I, games. I, I, always the... Play more for me. <laughs> yeah, I, like when I go back, I think when I got back home, is anything by Bioware. I would I would always <laughs> uh, binge play anything by Bioware that came out, um, and like all the Bethesda games, obviously. There's kind of big escapism games, maybe, mm. was yeah. something that became a thing when I was working in the industry because it was like this. You, know, you go home and you want to unwind, and actually one of the best ways to unwind is is with video games because it's one of the things that just does you just don't think about anything else. If you're playing a video game, you're just in that world again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: it's hard to be distracted. You can't use your phone while you're playing a game. Yeah, you get distracted from a film because you can stop listening to it, whereas a yeah. game requires you your attention to work. Um, which kind of so it's actually quite I find it quite a good stress relief
0: playing
1: mm-hmm. um, video games at home.
0: So when did you sort of both start thinking about making your own little studio? Like what prompted that decision? I think we we didn't really start about
1: thinking about making our own studio but we definitely thought about making our own games so, yeah like, we've been doing lots of prototypes and things when we were at uh frontier some of which were like you know part of frontier because you know you'd be working on new games so you'd be teamed up and doing prototypes and they had sort of an internal pitching process as well yeah um it's so of yeah we'd sort of teamed up doing that doing games for frontier and i think um eventually we just had a load of different pro- prototypes and ideas and i think we're just quite hungry to try and make them a reality really yeah anything i think it's a very different kind of environment to make games in when you're within a large (coughs) company as opposed to being independent when you're independent you can just you you just have a decision and then you you go off and do your own thing Um, and i think we we became more and more involved in the the ideas that we were doing in our own time and thinking like okay we should really um we should we should just do this. yeah. Um, just sort of. That's definitely the big advantage from a creative point of view, isn't its is, It's the fact that, you know, you can have a, a, a really quick conversation and you can just go off in a completely different direction. You don't have to organize 200 people. You don't have to say yeah. to 30 animators, okay, we need you to do this while we're thinking about what else to do. You can just make a decision and go and you can get something wrong and you can just change tact. And... Yeah. I think this is part of the like companies now, really large studios, have really large teams that make games and so there's a lot of inertia behind them in a particular direction uh, also you have like a much higher level of risk so you see a lot of games coming out now that, that sell a million units and then don't make their money back and that's just like well that's what It that's yeah. <laughs> that shouldn't be possible that's <laughs> um and yeah i think that the advantages the indies have is that you, you can do what kind of anything to some extent like well you can, you can you don't have to worry about that as much no you have to worry about making something that's new and interesting, which is a different problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you don't have to make as massive a return on your investment. Therefore, you can be slightly yeah uh, absolutely riskier. And we're very keen to be like that that small team that
0: that takes
1: sort of creative risks to some extent with with different ideas. Definitely,
0: definitely. Um, I'm I'm curious as to like you know you're part of this larger studio, and you know you say they have these internal prototype sessions and stuff. Is that was there any particular reason that the sort of the two of you in particular kind of gravitated towards each other? Like I'm assuming there could have been any any number of combinations of people in that sort of size of company. I don't know. I think we were just the most proactive. Yeah. And I think um, like there's there was
1: lots of people that that wanted to get involved and and were having conversations about making their own games, but I think I mean Overcooked right. does come from a prototype that is made by more than uh, just, two. just two. There were there were a few others as well. But we kind of became a little unit of making we had a few. We had a few projects actually. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a group of us doing prototypes. I mean, more than that. There was a very small group out of two hundred and fifty odd employees. Yeah. It was like sort of it. four or five. And then um, that kind of uh, sort of whittled down, I think, a little bit uh, over time. I think we, we, me and Phil found ourselves agreeing a lot on, on a lot of things as well, which is sort of yeah. we come from making games with the sort of same kind of design mentality. I think. Probably. Which is yeah. It's quite important, I think, for two to And just the fact that we were willing to take the time have to work to work on that kind of thing i think there's a lot of people that just you know it's exhausting making games uh nine to five and then to nine to five you you wish (laughs) (laughs) making games all day and then coming back in the evening and and trying to make games in your spare time as well so i think that's something that we did
0: yeah i think it's was there any particular reason for that like was it just that you really believed in the concept of the game or just you really wanted to try and sort of branch out
1: you know what, actually, the big reveal was local co-op. There just wasn't enough, <laughs> a little bit, for me. Yeah. Because you go, you look for local co-op games, and there are there's some really good ones. Um, so, like, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, it's a really good local co-op game, but yeah. there aren't enough of them. And I think part of my motivation was from playing games at lunchtime as a small group, Yeah, we want to make these games because we're running out of
0: them. Right, okay. Um,
1: That's like a... And it, it's kind of understandable from a AAA point of view, right? You can see why people don't. It's it's riskier to to make a local multiplayer game as a big studio. Oh, yeah, we were told a lot that this was a disastrous idea. (laughs) (laughs) The the, the idea of making a local co op game, we were told a lot that no, it's never going to work, no one will ever buy this. But but, but in our eyes, it was always just, well, we don't need to make, you know, we don't need to sell a million copies in order to, to. with this, it was so always was coached in those terms. It's like this was this is a disaster because not a million people will buy it. Yeah. It's like, well, that's okay because we don't yeah, need yeah. a million people to buy it. We need like a, a small number that makes up for just the two of us working on it, which is yeah, which is fine for us. But obviously, when you're speaking to like a larger platform holder, they're like, what are you talking about? Why don't <laughs> you even want to make a million? It's like, oh, it's yeah. not that we don't want to, it's just that there's, there's such a non plus <laughs> response you get when you say, no, it doesn't need to sell that much, and they're like, what? No, money. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the points you're supposed to be collecting the points
0: <laughs> absolutely you're always shooting for the high score
1: yeah you're supposed <laughs> to be getting the high score the, the high score is get as many people to play as possible. I not understand <laughs> why are you making an FPS uh, I mean we wanted to make a game that was accessible it was very important to make a game that was accessible yeah. to as many people as possible but it didn't have to be a game that like appealed to as many people as possible it had to be a game no that was, no like, it didn't, didn't have one that like, it didn't bother me so much, though. if we took it to conventions that's, occasionally you'd get people look walk by and just be like no that's a type of game yeah got I mean nine times out of ten it's like you'd probably enjoy it if you played it but like from the off they were just looking at it and being like well I'm not shooting it was things, hard so. with a cooking game particularly I think to- for people to just take the action of sitting down and playing it, sometimes yeah, because they'd be like, "No cooking games no I don't want to. I don't want such a." Like, no, it's not that. It's, it's it more is- like Bomberman. Come on, have a go. <laughs> no, no,
0: honestly, yeah. But do you get? Have you had sort of like you know people at conventions or just people that you know that have played at that are just so quite like unbelievably inept at cooking that they can't figure out the basic kind of combinations? <laughs> um, you have to essentially teach people how how cooking works before they can play the mm-hmm. game. We, we certainly in the early
1: days had people getting things really wrong. We, we didn't have as many restrictions in the game. So you, like to begin with, you could just add as many burgers as you wanted to, a pan yeah. to make this huge thing that didn't match any of the recipes and you could just serve yeah. that. So there was a lot of that trying to get people. But most people. Actually, I mean, that's that's the great thing about cooking is that most people come to it with like a little bit of prior knowledge. Most people know what's involved in making a burger or making a pizza. Yeah you know roughly they saw sort of know, roughly, they know, know, know well there's going to be dairy and there's going to be tomatoes and
0: yeah uh, i mean i oh, suppose cooking. if they didn't not play in the game would be the least of their problems <laughs> yeah <laughs> they'd yeah. be
1: dead from starvation <laughs> 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 themselves um but yeah i think i think when i was never particularly good at cooking so that, that did inform it a little bit <laughs> i was curious had if to you, you never
0: worked in a in a kitchen and had that experience
1: oh phil has yeah yeah so i,
0: I used to work sort of
1: um doing weight on staff but also doing pot washing and things in a, in a kitchen and that was obviously like a, a, a big part of the uh, of the inspiration I guess because it's so obviously a cooperative yeah <laughs> I want to say game it does, does feel like a game sometimes doing in a kitchen because obviously you have a sort of timer which is somebody's order some food and you need to get it to them as quickly as possible and you have all these different people that are doing all the different parts of it so they do need to communicate I think yeah uh, you sort of start from the position of what is it? What's the game which forces lots of people to cooperate? And then you back on your experience experiences, and you're like, oh, this, yeah. this was the thing I remember. Um, yeah. And that that was kind of how it started. Is like, oh, we want to make a game where everyone has to do something and all depend on each other. What is that? Oh, um, cooking. Cooking is is, a, yeah. It's it's the best example I can think of for it. Yeah, especially because like the the restaurant I was working in, I say it was like where like, I can't remember like a brewer's fair or like a, a, a um like a Toby Carver. It was, it was the equivalent of that. I okay, 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 who, who ran it, But like, it felt like everyone there wasn't really super qualified <laughs> to, to do the job. Myself very much included in that. And so, you know, the, there was a real feeling of team effort. And and because the... the <laughs> I, really haven't I haven't, to I haven't mentioned the, 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 the company said so it shouldn't yeah. matter so much. Or but the fact like, that like, like, there was a lot was of just qualified. reheating of previously cooked food, shall we say. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that you didn't need a lot of skill, so it was more a timing based game. I <laughs> got reheating into Overcooked. That would have been an interesting game. <laughs> That's
0: crazy. <laughs> That's this DLC waiting to happen.
1: Uh, uh, I distinctly remember taking a, a plate back into the kitchen and saying, Someone's complained that their food is, is too cold. And the chef, being this big angry chap at the time, just sort of grabbed a dollop of hot gravy, slapped that on the plate, said, There, and take it back out. <laughs> 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 Sheepishly take this food back like, Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: sixteen. Well, I'm gonna. We'll we'll come back to sort of the the birth of the studio and stuff. But I'm gonna take a moment to do some relatively quick fire questions. Um, So, uh, start with Ollie. Then, Ollie, um, if you had to play a a game with the devil for your own mortal soul, um, what game are you best at?
1: Uh, wrecked. Actually, wrecked Revenge revis- revisited because really? like, oh, yeah, I got really good at it. Like on the ice bridge, I'd play the devil on the ice bridge and I'd knock him off the edge. Definitely, what, the the devil was James, who you used to play with. <laughs> I beat him. I was. I'm, I'm. You reckon? Yeah. You reckon you're the king of? I oh, am. We're going to have to play this now. No, probably <laughs> stating myself. as <laughs> The best person in the world at that game. <laughs> How about you, Phil? Uh, for me, it would. Oh, I'm definitely not the best person in the world at but the game. I'm best at would probably be Tony Hawk's Pro Scare Two. Oh, oh yeah. two I very specific pro- yeah that was the one i probably put the most time into i did play three and four and underground and probably some the underground too uh mainly just because i remember getting to the point where i had to hold the controller in a really specific way in order to get the
0: high score and i think yeah. that's a sign
1: that you're taking a game too seriously yeah
0: you, you can it. never take tony hawk seriously enough in my opinion <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's a game that a lot of people really got very into. I mean, I was never much of a... I, I'd never really played it at all. My girlfriend was, like, super into Tony Hawk's press game. Oh, it's
0: so good. I'm i am always sad that they've never managed to make a good one for so long. The one on the 360 <laughs> no. was... The Project 8 on the 360 was amazing, and it's probably the best <laughs> Tony Hawk's game. But mm. then they've just not done any. They have just went with that mad controller for a bit, and they tried to do the new one, and it's just not the same
1: uh yeah yeah i played skate one and two they didn't quite have the same feel but
0: uh it was a serious Skate. No, <laughs> yeah skate tony hawks is, is pinball whereas yeah. skate is far too serious yeah yeah I mean, you need to have that, that level of fun in it i remember the, the one
1: i was seeing rage Playthrough had like a lot of these odd missions to do with count all of the inside of all these containers because i've got like you need to count them for the factory and like, yeah there's a weird sort of Shenmue yes <laughs> style <yeah. laughs> missions it's, it's really neat. Like very gets very creative with the quests
0: that you have to do that all involve doing tricks yeah no it's a, i'm I'm waiting for the the resurgence of Tony. It doesn't even have to be like an eversoft team, just some some new amazing skateboarding game with ridiculous tricks positive, right. yeah, I hope so, positive, yeah. I really do, I hope so, um okay, so It, with, um... <laughs> it is, it is i would I would fund that yeah. yeah and i and I would be happy. I wouldn't be happy to be disappointed, but I'd go into it fully expecting to be disappointed, and that'd be fine. I would just <laughs> yeah. just that someone was striving for it; that would be enough. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, we'll stick with you, Phil, for now. Yeah. Has there ever been a game that has consumed your life to the point where you've had to delete it from your system and walk away?
1: Oh, it's absolutely consumed my life, and uh, I, I can't think of anywhere I've had to delete it from my system. Really, I remember. Uh, um, playing Ocarina of Time really religiously when it first came out. Uh, to the point, that, that the reason I bring that one up is just because I remember distinctly going to visit my grandparents in in Scotland and d- driving like eight hours, but taking my N64 with me just so that I could play it there. Wow. Well, that's yeah, supposedly on holiday, but I was just like, no, no my, my, I must have been obsessed because my parents let me do that. <laughs> yeah for anything else they were like, they're like I, I think they, they probably saw a, a a red hue in my eyes when they told me that i had to leave it behind and they were like no okay <laughs> fair enough <laughs> we'll let that one
0: go how <laughs> so, about you ollie yeah uh
1: i got quite so i did i did some of the mmos so i which is like the worst to get really into uh old republic was the one i got most into i think um and i did i did delete that, that that's you it awesome, <laughs> that right? Okay, that's right that's only the last couple of years uh yeah it came out uh whilst i was at university i think i can't remember um and yeah i i got properly into uh old republic got quite a long way through it and, and yeah i was just like no no i can't i could i could see the precipice of yeah. like are you gonna get into like going on like the there's sort a of teaming up raid type stuff mm-hmm. and i was just like no no i can't this is i have to stop <laughs> i was to it's that to moment isn't it, where you sort of question what what am I trying to get out of this and am I still getting that out of this? It's when I started to feel guilty that I wasn't playing it because I was letting down people yeah, on the yeah, internet. Yeah. That I had to just yeah. be like, no, no, you, that can't, that can't own my life.
0: <laughs> no, it, it's, a, it's a real knife edge that because some, like, yeah. I, I purposefully avoided all MMOs for that exact reason. But um, I I really got into Destiny the last year or two uh-huh. and playing through the raid on Destiny, I think it was much more kind of low maintenance than a world of warcraft because there was only six of you so not as many people to wrangle and mm. the experience yeah. of doing that was amazing It's one of the best video game experiences i've ever had yeah um but but also because i knew once i'd done it that was it i was done there wasn't yeah. any new that's one of the things like people do complain about sort of the lack of content in destiny i'm quite glad of it because you can <laughs> yeah. really you can commit to it and have all these great kind of communal experiences and then be like okay that's fine, I can step away for a year or so now while they make new stuff. And I'm, I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I have the same sort of... I, I'm still, like, uh, really playing um, Overwatch. And that, that is a game where I genuinely feel like, okay, I need to cut this off now, I'm playing too much, I need but, to walk away, and then they'll do a new content update. And I'll be like, well, I just, I've just i got to see the new stuff, you know, i just <laughs> got to have a little You've look. You've got
0: to at least try and get the skins.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's just this horrible feeling of, like, it knew that I was thinking about maybe leaving it. So it suddenly presented this. It's like there wasn't a human involved. It was just some machine AI, knows. Yeah, His <laughs> Just like his <there's laughs> new content. Well, he's, he's flagging. I can feel. He's not looking at the target enough now.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm yeah. fine. I'm oh, fine yeah. with uh, any whatever psychological manipulation they need to do. If they keep making brilliant games, <laughs> that's fine.
1: Yeah. All right. so <laughs>
0: Um, are, are you both? Uh, I imagine you are. Considering the types of games that, that that you've made, are you both competitive gamers?
1: Actually, you know what? I'm not really. You are a little more because you play. Oh, so I mean, I don't play competitive multiplayer all that much. Oh, um, is that what you mean? Is um, it, um,
0: yeah. Just like, do you get competitive, competitive when you play <laughs> games? Are you? Have you kind of really got into heated high score battles or competitive games uh, with people? Uh, uh,
1: I feel like I'm not good enough at the majority of games <laughs> to get super competitive. Them. I got competitive about some of the lunchtime things we play, but uh, yeah, I'm more. There's this is weird thing with like trying to like find more interesting games. That's the, I get competitive but I'm going to know about the obscure games now. <laughs> oh, okay, well, <laughs> this is classic a kind of like hipster, record shop
0: like, nerd sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I can feel that inside me. That desire to know the secret cool yeah. game that no one's heard of. <laughs> I definitely. Yeah, I don't. There's there's certain games that I will play just. Just because i'm looking at the sort of white box mechanics of it oh yeah I'm not enjoying it anymore <laughs> oh, there's there's definitely a thing that happens when you start making games that you start playing games in like analyzing them rather than yeah enjoying it's a lot it. like oh i should play this because this sounds like a similar to mechanic to something we've been talking about yeah. It, but, yeah enjoying it now or am i am i analyzing i don't it? know who i'm competing with there i guess it's <laughs> just like all other game developers to just sort of see what their secrets are <laughs>
0: It's yeah. weird though. Like, I mean, I've spoken to quite a lot of devs today on the show, and that doesn't seem to be a thing. That kind of there's a lot of people that are competitive, you know, while playing games and stuff. But there doesn't seem to be as much kind of fierce competition between different developers, uh, particularly yeah. with indie developers. It seems like a very communal uh, community more than anything.
1: That is true. I mean, Indies. Yeah. I mean, Indies need each other. Though, I mean, that's definitely a thing.
0: We we need yeah. each other for like
1: information and for like each other's like helping each other with their, their green light campaigns and that kind of thing, there's definitely a feeling. Yeah. and uh, it's very, it, it is a very, uh, other developers are very friendly, like you, yeah. you talk to the developers and they're very kind of... That, that was, uh, was a big relief, really, when we first started, is we reached out to lots of developers expecting everyone to be too busy or to just not respond, and just every single person, I think, we reached out to at one point or another would reply and give you some, some feedback or something. Yeah, purely. Nice. I, d- I don't know what it would be like if, if there was someone else that was making a, a a cooperative cooking game. <laughs> you know, it's like the, the cod and battlefield thing. Would, would we feel this? I mean, maybe this is why. Maybe maybe the reason that the, there isn't a load of competition between indies at the moment is because the space of possible ideas is so vast. Yeah, yeah even absolutely. if someone was a cooperative cooking game, it would probably be different in some way. Yeah, just because I'm not worried about indies stealing the, the game idea. Also, because the work involved in making even a small game is so big that yeah. you want. Why would you? You know, you steal someone else's idea, but still, you have got to dedicate two years of your life to making it. it. Doesn't make it any easier that you've stolen an idea. Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. And then why would you? Why would you spend two years doing that? Absolutely. So I'm, you I'm worry about that. Kind and of also, there is a bit of a feeling of it's not really us versus them, but there is a feeling of you understand the pain that is involved in getting a oh, game yeah. to market, no matter how small. Particularly if they're going through like console certification or anything like that. So I, I, I think you just want to make everyone's life as easy as possible because you want people to do the same for you exactly like fellow veterans in a war (laughs) 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 same level Uh, (laughs) the same thousand
0: yard stare that you all share yeah
1: just this feeling of like our man back in (laughs) in the trenches yeah Um, days of
0: connection you didn't know (laughs) what
1: it was like i i
0: i i i feel like i probably already know the answer to this but i'll ask anyway um uh, if either of you are prone to such things, what was your worst rage quit?
1: I fell out with AI in Event Zero very recently. <laughs> you were saying that, yeah,
0: yeah. So the the have you heard of Event Zero? So it's one you one of your fellow uh, IGF finalists, I believe.
1: Oh yeah, they are. Yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're you're typing up against uh, um, this AI that's running a ship, and um, I just get very argumentative with the with the AI, and I don't know how complicated. The AI is, I suspect I'm projecting a lot onto it, <laughs> but I just, like, just lost, lost it with this AI. I was just like, no, I'm, I'm leaving now, I hate you. <laughs> I had a really long argument with it, which I think is more a, state, a, a statement of my psychological health. Really. <laughs> I don't think I've, I've, I can remember Rage quitting, right, to, to that extent, really. I've, I've, I've had games where, like, I got really horribly stuck and not returned to. Um. Like a, no, Legos, no broken I was, I was
0: controllers or kicking in TVs or anything.
1: No, not really that. But like oh. I, in in Resident Evil Two, I remember having a a, a save file where I had like uh, two bullets left for a boss, and and just being like, oh, this is now impossible for me. And hmm. and you know, it was back in the days where like you could write over save files, and that was literally you either were starting the game from fresh or coming back into this one room where you've got two bullets, and you know. I tried it maybe five times and that was it. I had to walk away. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> so sad. How far into the game were you? Uh, I, I don't know, actually, but it was probably quite far enough where I definitely mm, wasn't awesome. restarting it.
0: Yeah. I'm impressed that you tried five times with just your two bullets. Like, there must be some way. Maybe I can melee it, to and, know, I'd it I'd somehow. I'd like
1: to see how, how many it actually was. I bet it was like once and I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> so, no, yeah. I packed up the PlayStation, put it in a drawer and just left the house.
0: <laughs> so long as there Basically. wasn't like a cutscene as well, that's always the killer. When you've got oh, to save God. and you yeah. have to play through a cutscene and then do it and then die. Oh,
1: yeah. The no, I always feel bad that we, we just ran out of time when we were making Overcooked, so you can't actually skip the the last oh, cutscene. I'm really sorry about that. Yeah. To everyone who's played Overcooked, who can't skip the cutscenes, I feel really responsible. Yeah, I mean, shortcut scenes, but still. And that's one of those things where, like, when you're a, a game if you're just like, how could they possibly have done this? Yeah. And when you're the other side of it, you're just like, there's just lot. no time. There's a lot of sets. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> um, I think I fear quit quite a few games. I've been too afraid to continue playing a game. Oh yeah, really? Yeah. I mean, usually I sent. I couldn't finish. I um, Dead Space Two, and I had to. <laughs> I, I played it in like little half an hour bursts, yeah. and then I'd stop for two days, and then I'd get back in. I remember the the, right. the newish, but not the newest Doom, the one that was on three I remember That's that great. being one. Yeah, that I had to do yeah. in stints because I found it too stressful over time.
0: Because never was the one like where you had the game. light like Yeah, the torch.
1: The yeah, you had yeah. to switch
0: the, the torch that you could either shine a light or shoot, and those that you had to switch between them.
1: <laughs> I really wanted to see from third person what was going on there. Like, why couldn't? you? How <laughs> big was? Um, and you have never finished Lone Survivor either, to shame, to shame. Oh, Shout out to Jasper Bird. Yeah, it's a really, really good game, and I couldn't finish
0: it because too scary. <laughs> it's Did really have either of you tried the new uh, Resident Evil?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just completed it uh, just just last weekend. It's fantastic. Really, really. But that, that that again was yeah. I was getting really scared. Me, me and my wife was sort of passing the pad and then I passed it back to her way more times than she passed it back to me. <laughs>
0: Which, that <doesn't> make sense. <laughs> my to my stints were much shorter. <laughs> I need to play. It. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: the, the final of the this not really uh, quick fire questions at all is um, <laughs> what what game uh, or games have really made you laugh? Uh, um, on, you, you, death
1: you, premonition. That was definitely one for me. Deadly Premonition. I ah, love Deadly Premonition yeah. for that. It's just so weird. It's just a weird game. So we did this thing We did this thing sometimes where um, us and a bunch of other people go into a friend's house and we'd like, project games onto the wall and play them all as a group. And we played through the entirety of Deadly Premonition. And it's the best way to play it because it's just this like bizarre journey through this just mad, just mad yeah, world. really, really mad. And I'm never really sure whether it's in on its own joke and <laughs> <laughs> not... It's not clear, but it's in, I really enjoyed it. That was really yeah. a fun. I always hope it's uh, not. For, it's
0: always better if it's not, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to feel like with, with the more recent games, it always seems like, oh, no, he's got a win on it now. Yeah, I'm not was, sure. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. <laughs> I really I really enjoyed um, Stanley Parable. That was really ah, That yeah. really, really clever stuff. And, of course, anything but Double fun Like, just strip. Yeah. Anything but fine, Absolutely, anyway. yeah. Well, I, I played through a day at the come again recently. It's just genius. So you get And Portal as well. We talked oh, yeah. about Portal. That's true so good
0: it's just it's weird like as much as you know those are all brilliant examples there's really it's just such a rare thing like there's the, the list isn't much longer than that i don't think in terms of like, yeah. really funny yeah. games beyond like ridiculous multiplayer shenanigans which i like i'm sure like i've laughed a lot oh, playing yeah. over overcooked lots of people laugh a lot playing multiplayer games but it's so, a different kind of thing it's really hard i definitely, to- I definitely remember playing um
1: dungeon siege 3 until like 4 a.m. and just this is at university coming out into the corridor of our house where three of us have been playing it and we all just laughed from delirium really more than anything <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's 4 a.m. we've been playing this straight for about 12 hours wow <laughs> that's serious yeah um, yeah i think <laughs> hilarious game you should all play it. <laughs> i think like timing is hard maybe like games yeah yeah no totally in, yeah and, like yeah, yeah i don't know it's, it is interesting there are there are few and far between comedy games existence. I think as writing becomes more of a thing in video games that's the other thing is that video games, professional writing and video games haven't quite meshed as much yet
0: no. uh,
1: that, that that will become more of a
0: thing I hope um, I do, I do. Yeah. There was actually there was a really good article I think it was on Gamer Sutra? It was on uh, yeah. some video game website yesterday the day before, just in uh, it might have been a Eurogamer actually, anyway it was just in praise of the Euphoria engine and the 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 push oh, yeah, button in grand theft auto yeah, 4 which is like as like, that kind of slapstick that games are sometimes able to do is just unbeatable yeah. and skate actually skate it was an amazing example of that like i've watched so many ridiculous skate bloopers which are like real life skate yeah. bloopers which themselves are funny but with yeah. like infinity insane physics as well which is brilliant
1: yeah that's true actually just pick Physics glitches. <laughs> just well, it's like a real thing. Right? Every every time, like a, a Grand Theft Auto comes out or a Bethesda game comes out, just the then the proliferation of people finding glitches of like yeah. weird things happening, horses climbing walls.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so like you know you're working on on Overcooked and you're in Frontier and stuff. At what point do you decide to kind of leave basically and set up on your own? Because that's that's a hell of a bold decision.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what quite the, I think it was just this point where we, we realized that, that there is no good point to, to do it. Right. I okay. Think, really. Yeah. Um, I think we were originally, we, we thought we were ready. We, we dove in. Yeah. We and were. then there was a definite feeling of, oh God, no, we're definitely not ready. <laughs> but that, that was when speaking to other indie devs was really useful because everyone tells you just like, no, there's never a good time. You, yeah. you can never feel like like the more time you spend just trying to prepare yourself for it and get everything lined up. Yeah. It just, it's just, you may as well just, just jump in. I think you have to have the game. You have to know what you're making. The game helps. Yeah. Um, But I think the, like, I mean, when we were sort of discussing whether to like, to do this and to, to properly form up as a, as an indie studio, I think it was like, well, it's not going to get any easier because there are more and more indies every year and the the difficulty of getting through that noise gets harder and harder every year so yeah. it's never gonna, there's never going to there's never going to be a better time than now to try and be an indie yeah. developer so if you do see that as a problem it's not exactly a problem we're it's just not going, going away get... yeah yeah so you've just got to do that and then like try and push through because at the moment it's it's so crowded and i don't think it's going to get less crowded i think we're going to yeah. see especially with the the new changes to the way uh, steam's uh process for getting games onto the stores is, is I don't think we're going to see a reduction in the number of games that, that come out and the kind of comp, like the need to to get through it. Yeah. I think I think the thing that I do find exciting now with there being so many indies is you're just getting way more sort of subgenres of games. Yeah. Yeah. coming out and so many different types of things and there's there's lots of people that are like really interested in very specific types of game. And yeah, I think there's, a lot there's of just, Yeah. There's yes, there are more developers but then there's more people being drawn into games. We're seeing games yeah, get to the before. point of like maybe like the start of indie music or the start of alternative comedy. The kind of feeling of like yeah, this new—that's how it feels, isn't it? This new moment of loads of different weird things coming out yeah. and changing. Absolutely, it's a really like, exciting time to be making games and playing. Them.
0: I, I I've used that kind of analogy a lot on, on the show because the the indie music one, but purely because like I used to be in bands and you, you see a lot of the same kind of vibe amongst the community in the same way everyone is kind of communal everyone wants to help each other do better um one of the things i noticed actually is um speaking to american devs in particular um is uh like cities forming their own scenes like there is very much like a a new york game dev scene and and an la scene and a seattle scene and stuff do you think the same is true in britain do you feel like there are kind of i mean obviously there are the hubs but do you think there are like gaming scenes that are kind yeah, of identifiable I suppose in the UK.
1: Like it's a real thing now I think yeah. built around the sort of loading bar in London they have like quite a few indies that go there and do uh, development together uh, that's important, it's just helping together, I think. Cambridge yeah. has a, a, a fair number of indie developers now. We, in we've Cora. been to, to Brighton as well, they yeah. they had a fair scene, I know that Oxford has one, I'm, I'm sure that a lots, West. Manchester I yeah. think as well has, has a big old scene. I think we like, haven't got the same level of interconnectedness as they have in America, I think that we still need to build up
0: an indie yeah. scene
1: in our in our cities. Yeah, it's it's kind of tricky, so, it's, so in Cambridge there is like, there's, there's lots of different around, because obviously like, that we uh, have two big studios now the so, uh, grill is closed yeah. um, but there's yeah. there's lots of, of developers that have come from those bigger companies yeah. and so there, there are regular meetups and things but yeah I think the hardest part is just trying to get that communication out there because there's yeah. lots of not everyone wants to always meet up and develop games yeah. together and yeah, yeah, yeah. we're trying, trying I mean, it's hard to find spaces today. as well because I mean like in Cambridge and London or a lot of the British cities because the cost of living and space is so high, it's actually quite difficult to find space to co-develop and to, to do to do things. So we can't yeah. find office space because it's so expensive here.
0: It's Yeah, like, it's yeah So that, that is a problem, I think, that the sort
1: of housing prices do create a problem in cities. Yeah. I mean, I,
0: I know, like, because I'm, I'm in Glasgow, I'm in Scotland, and I know there's, uh, in Dundee especially, which is obviously, like, a historic sort of video game city, but they're, like, I know people that, that they work in, like, a, basically a massive hub. They've kind of converted... An old office into just an, an, a game That's development great. hub where there's just tons like of little it. teams inside it, and it's it's amazing.
1: Yeah, I keep hearing about different places. I know there's like one in there's loads in Canada. People just, as you say, they just have a big open office space, effectively that lots of people pay a little amount into, and yeah. all, all, I think it's just it's just a really smart idea because just being able to share that much information so quickly is is just really important. And also, there's the the social element, right? Is the absolutely. These people aren't just stuck in, in their, their rooms and going yeah. quietly mad. Because, <laughs> I mean, indies quite often, I mean, we're lucky that we're a two person team, but there's there's a lot of indies out there that are like one person, do everything studios. Yeah. And those ones, like, that's going to be quite isolated, like just working on your own. So you need that hub of stuff. And so it's so important for us getting everything. people to play the game. Oh, yeah, I that's true like,. As well if you're just on your own there is a, a, a temptation to just sit and and get sort of tunnel vision on a project and work on it and then when it's 90 percent finished then show it to people and they go uh, it was either I'm a strategic really error or a smart decision to make a four-player co-op game as a two-person studio <laughs> With both forcing us to find players and making it impossible to use a test on our own um because we yeah i mean we, we were developing the entire game actually without having a full set of playstation 4 controllers i believe <laughs> Yeah, we had three towards the end. There was a bug that came up that was like involved four controllers, and like, oh, oh we don't actually. That's embarrassing. Can't
0: do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, that is amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> how, how how do you both feel now? Like about, I mean, you you both seem very kind of optimistic, but like, are you as excited about games now than you as you were when you were younger and just starting out and stuff? I'm like I'm so. Yeah. More. More excited. Yeah. yeah.
1: For me they're just completely different now i think there was there was a tendency to see uh, games as just being uh slightly uh, the same ideas just slightly differently dressed up when yeah, I was yeah. Watching, especially for like the mega drive day ga- games always felt like okay it's a platformer but this time you're playing a dog or, or something like that yeah whereas now i feel like mechanically i'm seeing so many more interesting and unique mechanics yeah we still don't know what what extent of what games can do is, which I think is really yeah. exciting. And obviously, you know, you've got VR coming in, and yeah, and that's going to be little Experiments I've yeah. had with it, it's just amazing. I've played a Vive, and I'm just, I'm blown away by it. I'm yeah. really looking forward to stuff coming
0: out on that. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've had very brief kind of uh, time with VR, but it's it's amazing. Like it's, I, yeah. it, 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 if as soon as it's like just about af- affordable, I think yeah, that'll be a, a big takeoff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah I think they, well. everyone who tries it's, it's just like this is amazing not sure i can afford it or that many people can afford it right now but mm-hmm. as soon as they can then it's just going to go yeah it's going to be huge and it's going to be like that might be the really i mean the games industry has had a few, few really big breakout moments where it's absorbed huge amounts of audience from other places i think when vr becomes affordable we might see the games industry's audience like hugely expand again to yeah. all those people who haven't played games for a really long time being like oh this vr thing i think we're going see I
0: mean, a whole proliferation of different absolutely. genres absolutely although it's that weird with that excited. though like i've not thought about that before but like you know with the 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 playstation right the playstation was this like rebranding of video games essentially especially in in britain where are like oh no they're cool mm. they're not just for kids and so you had kind of a generation that maybe kind of had stepped away from games suddenly coming back to it and rediscovering games again
1: yeah
0: um, whereas now i feel like Pretty much everyone plays games, like certainly young people. Like I don't I don't know yes. if you'll get that same generational shift. I think it'll just be it'll just keep growing because everyone plays games and they'll just continue to, you know? We still don't have the like cultural I don't feel like we have the like the cultural reach yet of like a film. So when a film comes
1: out, it's all over like people talking about it on talk shows and that kind of stuff. And that doesn't yeah. happen much with games yet. Because we yeah. still don't quite have that universal appeal um but because i think we're slowly like building yeah i think there's there's lots of people that play games but don't necessarily play lots of games so, like, i certainly know yeah. a few people that aren't involved in the games industry in any way and they sort of play you know the next FIFA when it comes out yeah. or, or mobile like just or, or, like just or, playing all yeah, mobile yeah. games
0: that too um which is a, a yeah a different thing really but that yeah. i mean you do see that changing i mean shigeru miyamoto was on the tonight show like a couple of months ago that's that was quite exciting yeah. It's gradually that, again. It's still a bit of a novelty, but I think it yeah. is certainly changing. Well, you saw, sort of I mean, No Man's Sky made
1: that break out into. Absolutely, like, you know, yeah, of course. Time was covering
0: No Man's Sky and they're on Steve Corbert or
1: whatever it was. Well, like, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's, like, it's a bit of that. I see a couple. I mean, the hardest part is that we don't really have sort of attractive, charismatic actors involved. <laughs> I think that's easier to, to sort oh. of drop them out with films. Yeah. I, I think
0: the the back catalogue of this show would beg to differ, I'm afraid. <laughs> there, are, there are numerous wonderful charismatic characters. Yourself, charismatic. So yes, but you can't we're all our time indoors. It's terrible. I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't want to say it. There is a reason that this is a podcast and not a, a YouTube <laughs> show. No, it's <laughs> in the first time, so. <laughs> um, Well, I, I think that's a, a wonderful, happy, optimistic place to end it, but. If there's anything that kind of hasn't come up that you wanted to mention, please do. And, and obviously, let people know where they can find your stuff online. Uh, is there anything else you want to mention? I mean... I don't know. I mean, I, I still find us online. Um, we uh, use Twitter
1: a lot, at Overcooked Game. And we obviously are on Steam. or on the PlayStation 4 store or on the Xbox One store with Overcooked. Yep. Um, we, are we have a Facebook page as well. Often at our computers. So if you do want to tweet us, you can reach us. That's true. Um, and yeah, we have a
0: website ww.ghostowngames.com. That's all of our links to various things Was that was that okay for you guys? Is yeah. that enjoyable?
1: Yeah, yeah, we're just I feel like we're just waffling on. Yeah, <laughs> trying to edit that down a <laughs>